What's up? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of the Yankshaft F1 podcast, a group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. This week, we, uh, we just have a couple of dudes who enjoy watching dudes drive really fast from an undisclosed location in the Midwest. We've got Ian. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Johnny Gomes, as uh, you may or may not know, uh, works, you know, he's, he's loosely uh, involved in the construction uh, biz, so he's, he's busy attending some classes tonight. Um, I assume he is working to get his degree that you need to drive the tractor out to recover F1 cars after they crash out. That's that's the only thing that I can that I can envision him doing right now. Something along those lines. Some, you know, Suzuka was an embarrassment to his entire industry, and and he's working day and night to to rectify that situation. So here we are, the United States Aramco Grand Prix, the second race we've had in America, but the this one's the official United States Grand Prix. How was it watching in uh, the afternoon instead of you know early in the morning? It was great. I liked it. Um, sometimes, like I said, I'm a big fan of F1 in the mornings, but every now and then you do need that F1 kind of afternoon race where he was on, where you had football on one, t- one TV and F1 on the other. And uh, it was a, we actually got a pretty exciting race. And I feel like because a lot of, every, a lot of the title contention is all wrapped up, um, people are kind of overlooking how really kind of fun this race was. So I don't know. I feel like it's kind of flying under the radar and it really shouldn't be because it's the U S grand prix and it was a, it was a good race. Look, the first like 17 laps or so were, were, were a little boring, but it, the drama, well, did the come. first lap, the first lap was electric. The first lap was electric until, yeah, yeah. depending on who you root for. And exactly. then we got like 15 laps of kind of, uh, kind of duddish racing. Um, That's fair. But yeah, no, there was there was there was a lot to enjoy. It was weird because like qualifying was at six p.m., so qualifying was in the middle of the second half of the Mizzou game. Yeah, like which I was watching, and then the race was at two p.m., which was smack dab in the middle of the NFL window. So I, don't know, I feel like they could have they tried to like middle it that with quali- putting qualifying at six. They tried to middle like the the you know late afternoon window of college football and then the primetime game. But it ended up just kind of being all over the place. The sun was setting; it was in everyone's eyes. It's kind of a weird, a weird situation. Yeah, they. It's 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 tough, obviously, because with football being so huge in America, that's it's hard to get people to watch that on Sundays. Um, and I think that's kind of why Formula One is becoming more popular um, because it's on before football's on in America on Sundays. Exactly. So, Same with soccer. Like if I if I had to choose yeah. between watching, you know, Bournemouth and brighton hove albion plays soccer versus like i'll watch the broncos jets all day every day if given the option but at 8 a.m exactly so that's why i i understand it would be nice if they could maybe have it start at 11 o'clock you know let's do that um but i understand the need for like you know tailgating and it's a party it's a whole event um you know so it's a whole thing i i i I just that idea made me envision Lee Corso doing like a, a college game day type show for yeah. the F one race, and and I'll never go back. That's that's all I that's all I want in life now. But moving on to the actual race itself, um, Max Verstappen had already locked up the uh, the driver's title last week um, in Suzuka, or two weeks ago in Suzuka, um, due to a technicality and a rule that no one even really knew existed. But um, but whatever. So lap one. Turn one. You know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah. So uh, it seems like the uh, 
you know, one half of the of that grid seemed like better poised than the other half. So Carlos Sainz starts on pole because of a bunch of engine penalties for other people. Yeah. Sainz is going into deserved or not, who knows? Deserved, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that, that's not for us to decide. Nobody just knows. Comment, comment on it. Yeah. So Sainz starts on pole. Max Verstappen starts alongside him. Max gets a way better start, and Max is Max gets to turn one first. Carlos Sainz is looking for the old switcheroo, as Crofty likes to say. The switcheroo. He's looking Switch for the little up. cutback. He's, you know, start wide, cut it back in, and maybe get around him on the outside going in turn two. The problem with that is it's the start of a race, and there uh, are 19 other drivers out there, and one of those drivers is George Russell, who does not care for your switchback attempt that you will be going for. Everyone's no, getting sir. squeezed. Everyone's, you know, bunched up. And so uh, Carlos Sainz tries tries the old switcheroo, and uh, blimey. George Russell hits him. Blimey. Yep. Exactly. Seems like the kind of bloke that says blimey. Yeah, I went Australia there for a second. Not 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 a big <laughs> deal. So George Russell once again uh, kind of ruins somebody's race, um, which we can get into eventually. But Carlos Sainz uh, has a puncture and has to retire from the race in lap one. And it was always going to be Max Verstappen's race after that. I don't care how dramatic it was down the stretch. It was always Max's after that, right? Oh yeah, no, that was. I mean, I, I think when when. Everybody was rooting for Lewis Hamilton to win that race. It was adorable. But but I think with the uh, it down deep down, we all knew that oh Max Verstappen's going to run away with this. Um, his tire, he's not going to have problems with his tires. His tires aren't going to disintegrate. He's got ten laps to catch um, Lewis Hamilton, who's about thirty second or three seconds in front of him. And even with his hilariously slow pit stop, which was great, yeah, they, um, they gifted everyone a twenty-five so, second was... pit stop just to just to bring me back. I went to take a quick shower. It was amazing. And came back out, and then Max was in fifth. I had no idea what happened. I think that's a. I think that's in the future that might be something to where we look at, um, where if you win a race, the next week you have to take a like a thirty second pit stop, where it's like, hey, let's get some, uh, let's get some collective, you know, let's really, um, let's 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 even the playing field a little bit to where, hey, you know, Verstappen can't have. A pit stop under seven seconds the whole time at this race, yeah. and he has to pit three times. Why not? Or Let's maybe, throw that you in. know, as the season goes on, it's based on, like, where you are in the standings. Because, like, Esteban yeah. Ocon, when he won in Hungary, like, he, he didn't deserve a, a you know, a 30-second penalty the next race. That, that would have no. been unfair to him. But, you know, it's like the wind tunnel time, you know, based on where you are in the standings, you know, as picked out. Maybe we do something, something like that with pit stops, just to, just to spice things up a little bit. That That's yeah. where we're at in this season of Red Bull's absolute dominance yeah they're um, kicking was, they're, they're, they're kicking tail it was cute that we thought that lewis hamilton it was great to see them battle um yeah. but it was always going to be max's race even after the slow pit stop once he got past leclerc and he was getting past hamilton it was uh it was just kind of it was kind of just over from there um but it was the fact that he passed lewis hamilton on lap 50 out of 56 laps yeah you know pit stops were done that was that was the race right there if you told me that going into the weekend, hey, Max is going to pass Lewis on – no one's going to pit. Pits are done. He's going to pass Lewis with seven uh, seven laps to go, six laps to go to take the victory. I probably would have taken it. Right? Yeah. And, and Lewis is going to pass Sebastian Vettel on lap yeah, I was 45 gonna, I was say, what was, to take what was the more, lead. That would have been the key the, thing. But I think Vettel, like, leading the race was – that was I think that was that was the person was a highlight for me just to see that. Where it was awesome. Like, oh, okay. And then speaking of pit stops, let's go. Uh, 
yeah, the Vettel one somehow was was even even worse than than the Max one um, by a yeah. few seconds. That Which, was that was uh, painful. Vettel took a long pit and it was really sad. Verstappen took a long pit and it was hilarious. Yes, Verstappen took a long pit and everyone sat up on their couch and 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 started hoping. And Vettel took it, and everyone started yelling at their TV screens. Um, we were trying, just trying to, just trying to make it last, man. Trying, just to, trying wheel to make it last. that wheel off of. Oh man, it was it was <sighs> yeah. heartbreaking. So Carlos Sainz gets out early. Um, so bim bam boom, uh, one Ferrari already done for the day. Charles Leclerc starting back in uh, in twelfth. He did a nice, a, a a pretty good job working his way through the field because. He has not been great at that this season. There have been a lot of Charles Leclerc penalties where he started from the back. And he has not always found it very easy to work his way back through the field. So he did a pretty good, pretty good job today uh, doing just that. But I guess where the drama begins was lap 18, Valtteri Bottas, uh, I assume, catches a nasty gust of wind. Um, it was windy. And spins out. It was windy. It was windy. It was windy. Um, yeah. So Valtteri Bottas spins out lap 18. They have to bring out a full safety car because they got to bring out Johnny's people with the machinery to get yes. this car out of the gravel. So Charles Leclerc had not pitted yet. Sebastian Vettel had not pitted yet. They were both going long. Everyone else was committed to their two stops and on the ideal strategy. They both got to stay out, and it really was setting up their races nicely. And that's kind of where the race started getting uh, – a little, a little bit more exciting, I guess, um, for, for, for a bit is when Leclerc got back up into the mix. Vettel was up there, um, up there in the mix. Bottas was out, however you feel about that. Um, and for the next 18 laps, it was just kind of some good, some good clean racing. Nothing too exciting. No, good racing, but nothing. Yeah, nothing outrageous. But 18 laps later is when things got real spicy. Because that is when Lance Stroll decided to cut off. Fernando Alonso, like an old lady, on the beltway. Or was it a racing incident? Twas not a racing incident, Ian. I'm pretty confident mm. saying that. They're going to be teammates next year. That is Maybe the most fascinating little... part about the whole thing. Because Alonso was like, oh, you know, it was a racing incident. I, okay, like, but Fernando Alonso says that about, like, everything. Well, I mean, okay, he knows they're going to be teammates. I love that the man – okay, so – Let's Everything's just, re- he's like, oh, it happened in a car and it was on a racetrack, therefore it's a racing incident. It's a incident. racing incident. Like George Russell could like just slam into him, just like go on the wrong way on the track. He's like, well, it's a racing incident, you know, we gotta this is something you just gotta fight through. Like that's, that's Nando, what man. That's what yeah, that's what's great We've about Fernando Alonso. As long as him, you've got perspective, you know? Yeah. He's like, it's a racing incident. At his age, everything's a racing incident. <laughs> but first of all, that crash, so this is what, lap lap thirty six. Um wait, no, 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 no. What lap was that? That no no, no I'm, I'm sorry. So it was not 18 laps. It was it was lap 23. So it was only five laps after the uh, the Bottas crash. Math is hard here at the Yangshan. I'm gonna podcast. yeah yeah yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably try to edit this and make myself sound uh, a little bit less stupid. To be fair, I would agree with you like a big idiot. So it's all good. Yeah yeah yeah. No nobody nobody even knew. It's fine. That that nope. that would explain why my cat was meowing when I was doing that bit. It's it wasn't that he was hungry and wants second dinner. It's that he knew that I was wrong <laughs> about the laps. Uh, so yeah, second dinner. Lap 23, Lance Stroll. Uh, cuts off Fernando Alonso. That crash could have been very bad. It was similar to the Grosjean crash in that they don't really protect the straightaways because they're not expecting incidents to happen there. No. So it was like one wall was ending, and so it was the beginning of another wall jutting out. And 
if any number of factors are slightly different, that could have been catastrophic. Yeah. Um, that car, I don't know how it stayed on the ground. Technically it was like just the tires for like a full second, um, which was hilarious to see. Um, but it, it really, really could have been a nasty crash. And instead Fernando Alonso, after like slamming into the wall, the whole left side and going airborne from the back of Lance Stroll's car, somehow kind of drives away from this and his car looks fine. Yeah. That's what was so weird is that he, he was just able to kind of like, all right, that happened. Let me, uh, let me go finish the race now. And it's like, all right, that was, it's, it's, it's bizarre sometimes with these crashes where sometimes you think they look way worse than they actually are. And then other times it's just like, oh man, this little, this little small thing. And he's, he's done. He's done. He's out of the race. It was, I mean, it was hovering at like, you know, whatever that would be like an 80, 80 degree angle. Like it wanted to, they wanted to flip, but yeah, but no, but I mean, thankfully it didn't, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I still kind of think it's maybe a racing incident. It looks like Stroll goes definitely goes late, but like you're going so fast, it's a split, split, split second. But that's the um, back straight. I don't they, know. Like, like that is that was the number one. I don't have stats to back this up, but I'm pretty sure it's true. That was the number one overtaking zone for the day. Was that back straight? And when you pick a line, when you're the leader of two cars, and you pick your line, that's your line. And also. It's the back straight. He has plenty of time. He's checking his mirrors. He knows Fernando Alonso is behind him. His engineers were probably telling him, Nando's got DRS. He's coming up on you. There are all these factors where as, as, as one of the best drivers in the world in Formula One, you, you, you know. If he didn't know that Fernando Alonso was behind him and he did that move, then that's egregious on a few levels. If he look, did also- know he was behind him and he still did it, then it's even worse. It also, though, if you're if you're about to change jobs, and your new boss's kid just takes you out, are you gonna like you know? Are you gonna come out and say, you know, this idiot doesn't know what he's doing, or is he gonna be like, well, it's kind no, of a racing not. thing? No, I so. love that. I love that. Like, it's like silence <laughs> for like twenty seconds. He goes, "That was a bit late, wasn't it?" Like him, him, <laughs> him, him moving out, like stroll moving over to cover. Like that was a bit late, huh? But it, but it is also it is crazy how like his him going late was and the speed they're going, he makes a little a, just a little a small little like kind of butt out there, um, gets off the line a little bit, split second decision and then crash like that happens. And that's I mean that's why it's important when when you're on a straightaway yeah. like that and it's and it's a clear straight and you're in front, you pick your line and you stick to it. Yeah. You can't, you can't, especially watching that guy come up in your mirrors. Cause I've seen some people saying, um, similar to the, uh, the, um, uh, Carlos Sainz incident where like Carlos Sainz wasn't at fault for getting hit by George Russell, but Carlos Sainz could have done a better job, not putting himself in harm's way, not, not allowing himself yeah. to, to get caught up in a, in a, a lap one turn one incident. And oh, I, I think we're. I mean, I, I think we're seeing it this year too. And it's. I, I don't feel bad for Carlos Sainz. This has happened a lot, but there are drivers who are, it seems to be are these issues happen to a lot. Um, and it's almost like it, it's almost like in in football. I guess let's stick on topic of that. When you have like a, a poorly coached team, you you you're constantly losing close games, and you're almost finding new ways to lose. And it's like when you have somebody who's a great driver or a great coach, they, these things just don't happen. 
Um, so that's where I think it's like, I feel like it's a skill we're avoiding, avoiding these crashes to, to a certain extent. Um, it's where you're not seeing the same drivers constantly have, have issues. Yeah. I think that, I think that's fair. And I think that that's also, especially when you're, when you're starting, you know, Carlos Sainz isn't used to starting, you know, top five in the grid until this year. So I think it's an acquired skill like Max Verstappen when he was 18 with Toro Rosso, like was a madman. Like an absolute madman. So I think it, it's a skill that can be acquired, but Carlos Sainz, again, has a tendency to, it's not his fault. You know, Russell got a penalty for that, but he 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 puts himself vulnerable to, you know, other people crashing into him. Where like, you know, on lap one, turn one, sometimes you, you just got to take your medicine and say, wow, Max is ahead of me. There's 19 cars bunched up right behind me. I just got to slip in behind him, do my race from P2 and see what happens. And I, I, I think that he will learn that um, as he's kind of he's just now getting comfortable with the car yeah. and he'll get more comfortable with uh, with all of that. But I think that the same argument happened with with Alonzo of Alonzo went for that move. I've heard people say Alonzo went for that move really late on Stroll. But it's like the slipstream effect like intensifies the closer you get to that car in front of you. So when you've got DRS yeah. and you're coming right up on him, you that's what you're supposed to do. You, you wait, you get as much extra, like, you know, drag reduction from the, obviously you've got DRS, but for drag reduction from just being as close to that car, cutting through that air as possible. And then you make the move around them. And, and they know that they're not allowed to cut you off because that's yeah. how racing works. And so I, I, I don't, I don't view, Fernando Alonso really uh, as as responsible for putting himself in harm's way. It was a late move, but I think it's it's kind of exactly how you're supposed to do it. He wanted to make sure that move stuck, and it would have if Lance Stroll didn't decide to cut him off. It's a racing incident, though. Alonso said it was racing. A racing incident. So. Alonso, I, I, again, I, I trust Alonso's judgment. It's a racing incident. All right, so that was lap 23. Um, lap 36, which I had mentioned earlier, Something did happen on lap 36. That was when Max Verstappen had a 16-second pit stop to uh, to put him back. We've already talked about that. Lap 39, he gets past Leclerc. Lap 50, he gets past Hamilton. Max goes on to win the race. Um, other notable things, lap uh, lap 48, regarding that Alonso crash, Fernando Alonso's mirror goes flying off his car <laughs> in the middle of a race. And no one no one's done anything. They were talking about that uh, that meatball flag, you know, the black and orange. Um, for, you know, unsafe, unsafe yeah. stuff in your car, make you come in. Yep. And, uh, uh, nothing to that point, nothing to that point. Apparently we found, we, we know now Haas complained about this <laughs> multiple times, <laughs> but you know what? Haas has been shown the meatball flag three different times this season. I, uh, yeah, man. I believe all of them were Kevin Magnuson or at least two of them were Kevin Magnuson. So they've, they've, and, and one of those specifically cost him points and he ended up finishing like 18th when he would have finished in the points. Like it's tough, but that them's the breaks. So as a result of Haas complaining, they never, they never showed Fernando Alonso the black and orange flag. They never did. You know what they did do? They gave him a 30 second penalty at the end of the race, a 30 second penalty which is supposed to be the equivalent of a 10 step, a uh, 10, 10 second stop and go penalty for, you know, during a pit stop. But since it was so late in the race, they, they just equated that out to 30. So Fernando Alonso was running in like seventh and he, this man finished 15th That's tough. because there was a late safety car, you know, fairly late safety car when this happened. Yeah. So that 30 seconds really 
crushed him because the field was bunched up. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, and, it feels like nonsense. They've appealed. I don't think they're going to change finished, anything, He finished just ahead of Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo. Um, do we just, do we want to do that? I, cause I don't really have much more to say other than I wanted people yeah. to know how absurd it was that Haas has been like, Hey, <laughs> you've been yelling at us for this all year. And this dude's mirror just flew off in the middle of the race. I just, I, yeah. I we need okay. to address that, but so Daniel let's, Ricardo, let's talk about, let's talk about Daniel Ricardo. He, he because... rides into town, the old town road. Yeah. Great. Love it. On the horse, whatever. Love I it. can't remember. It's awesome. And then what? So I've got a new theory with Daniel Ricardo, and I I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, essentially, he knows he's he's basically done in Formula One. Whether it's him not really liking the car, he's you know he's probably a top twenty. He's probably a top twenty five Formula One driver. He I mean let me rephrase. He is a top twenty five Formula One driver in the world. Um, unfortunately, he's probably more like between the 16th and 20th best driver in the world, which is not really going to get it done. Um, so my theory is that Daniel Ricardo is still trying to get as much like he's showing he's going to he's going to go full entertainment mode the last couple races. He's not going to go to IndyCar, and then he's going to sign a lucrative contract with either a ESPN or a Ian, did you, did you see the report from today uh, yeah. at ESPN? Because yes. nothing has made more sense to me when I read it. Yes, than that. and I think, and that's somebody who has he a He can still massive, be there on race weekends, maybe as a reserve driver for someone. There, it wouldn't affect exactly. that. Exactly, and he's, he's this like incredibly popular figure um, in Formula One, well-liked by everybody, especially Americans. He loves America. Like, he'd be, like, a great, like, I'm Daniel Ricardo, and welcome to yeah, no, whatever, he's whatever. Yeah, no, he's the perfect and ambassador that's what he needs for to this do. sport for America. Yeah, because he's had just enough success to, like, actually give him credibility, but it's not to the point where, like, because I think that would be better than him going to, like, being a reserve driver for Mercedes. Well, I think he can do or, both is the key. Because that he'd already be on site every weekend. Yeah. And and if he I, misses I a session, they'd be like, "Oh, sorry, Daniel's not here because he's driving. Let's let's watch Whoa, him drive." You know? Let's yeah. go. Um, but no, I, I think that's where, and I, it's taken a long time to realize this, but I think that's that's the zone where that's the, I think for Daniel Rex specifically, that's probably his best, um, best course of action is still stay relevant, and popular in Formula One. If that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I completely agree. And I hadn't really thought about it until that report surfaced earlier about yeah, him no, maybe same. signing that ESPN deal. And then it hit me that like this is it 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 could be perfect for him because again, Absolutely. He, he is I mean, you know, anyone who like started watching Drive to Survive and wasn't familiar with Formula One, you were you were like, Who who's this who's this who's cool this, dude? Who's like who's, who's this guy? This yeah, like I wanna hang out with Australian this guy. dude with a fat neck. Like, I wanna <laughs> chill with this guy. You see him shooting bricks out there, you know, on the and then the hard top and in, in Sydney where he's from in Perth is Perth. Yeah. That's where he's from. Yeah. Like he's, he's an everyman. He likes it. He, he rides in on a horse. I can't remember the, they were calling him horsey McHorse. I think turns out his name actually was blue. Um, he, you know, he's got the mutton chops connected to the handlebar once again. Like yeah. he, he loves, he loves it. And I think that would, that would be perfect going in, you know, part of, part of being in that role would be, interacting with the fans every week, you know, uh, you know, with the, the crowd, the, if they have a set, you know, for, for each race, there'd be fans behind it, you know, trying to get on TV while they're talking talking and him just, you know, during commercial breaks, even like interacting with all these fans, it just, it, it, I can see it 
it, it works perfectly, perfectly for me for Daniel Ricardo. So yeah, it was an absolutely brutal, brutal week for him. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, if you're expecting a, a he didn't make it out finish, of one. If you're expecting a finish higher than like 15th place, you're probably not going to be happy right now. No, uh, somebody, uh, somebody tweeted, I think it might've been Tom Bellingham tweeted like right after Q1 ended, um, of like, wow, Daniel Ricardo might've been, uh, might as well have been riding that horse around the track <laughs> in Q1. I was like, that is too easy, but also you were the first one I saw make the joke. So credit where it's due, sir. The cat, the cat is meowing. He's clamoring for it. Are we ready to get into a little bit of uh rock star wanker? Hey, when the cat's away, the mice do play. Let's do it. That is what they say, especially in Formula One. So, Ian, I'll let you lead it off. Rockstar. Um, let's go with Sebastian Vettel for leading a race. Fair. I'm going to go with that. Although, That's my although, Rockstar. Don't forget that it's Suzuka. Mick Schumacher led the race for 0.3 seconds. You know, <laughs> people forget that. It's me. The history I'm books <laughs> will barely reflect it. Okay. But history, all, is I, history is written by the victors, and let's just say that we all forgot that. So, look, I did. I did not forget my rock star. Lead, it, it goes right along with what you were saying. My rock star of the week was old guys. Oh, very nice. Uh, I mean, you know, Alonzo had a had some you know some bad luck, um, but he was he was on pace to you know have a have a points finish. But mostly, Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel partying like it's 2013. Um, it was, it was great to watch them. I mean, I mean, we had Lewis Hamilton pass Sebastian Vettel with fewer than twenty laps to go in a in a race for the lead. And yeah. Lewis Hamilton, um, unfortunately, this probably means that his streak will end. He's probably not, you know, he's won a race in every season since two thousand seven, and you that never streak's know. probably you never know. Th- like this. This was this felt like the shot though. This was this, this felt that's like what it kept was me it. watching. Yeah. And oh, it, just, sure. it just wasn't enough. Um, but it was an incredible performance from Lewis Hamilton. He did everything he could. It was great. We got uh, we got the classic Lewis talking about how bad the tires are three laps after they put them on, you know, and, and, <laughs> and it meant something again. And then yeah. the whole last ten laps of the of the race, he was uh, he was like that uh, uh, Randall from Recess, you know, just like like I think I think Max would have went wide there, turn seven. You know, just just writing down like uh, may, maybe he went maybe he went off the track and turned ten there too, like just trying desperately to get max a penalty for track limits. Like that that Lewis pettiness was was on full display, and it was just nice to have it mean something again. Because when Lewis hit, complains about the tires and he's in eighth place, it just doesn't have the same no. you know same oomph as yeah. when he's when he's fighting for a victory. So we got a we got a nice uh, you know little replay of the the Max Lewis battle that that we love so much. Great from Lewis. Uh, obviously not his fault. Um, you know, credit to Max. I'm not saying that Max didn't deserve it, but but I also am comfortable saying that it was not Lewis's fault that he lost that race. He never really stood a stood a chance there at the end. And then Sebastian Vettel. I mean, coming back from that, he he could have been top. He probably would have finished top five without that terrible terrible pit stop. I think he would have finished sixth. I think he would have finished sixth. I'm gonna say fifth, but whatever. Perfect. I'll let you have perfect. your opinion. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Um, no, I was, I was, I was excited and no, his terrible piss up had to happen. And it was like, I don't know. It was like a monkey's paw thing where you're like, we're going to get terrible pit stops. For I'll be honest. I don't yes. really know what the, what that phrase means, but I'll agree with you. And then it's like, Oh, monkey's paw curls. Oh no. Verstappen too. No. Uh, look it up. Read a book. Um, it's like a legends of the hidden temple thing. Like, mm, no. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was happy. It's, it was, it was fun seeing vet 
uh, with that one next to his name. And um, yeah, it would have been great for him to get some points. That, uh, how about that last lap overtake on, on Kevin Magnuson? Have you watched that, that onboard from Vettel for that lap? Because you certainly should, and I will send you the link to it. Uh, I, sh- I will, I like will right now, now check it it's, out. It's, it's so good. Just, just search it on your phone. I'm, a ton of people have posted it. It was an incredible, incre- just an incredible lap from Vettel. Like, he's fighting the car. that He's on, he's on the last lap tires. Like, they're, you can tell they're going. I mean, the amount of, like, oversteer correction, like, he did throughout that race. It was classic Vettel. Fist pumping afterwards. Like, he just won the championship. Also, we're saying like how much this, you know, this terrible pit stop screwed him over and he still finished seventh behind Russell and Norris. So it's like Sebastian Vettel in in the Aston Martin who Aston Martin is seventh in the constructors. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel finished seventh in this race. And, you know, there's twice as many drivers. You know what? Maybe maybe me saying fifth is a little is me me saying sixth, excuse me, um, isn't fair. Maybe he would have finished fifth. I was saying top five easily. Yeah, I thought I thought top five was in the bag without that because I forgot the bunched up because of that safety car. Yeah, I forgot the Hurst on wheels. That is um, McLaren finished ahead of him in sixth. Yeah. So if we got uh, the tractor of uh, Ashton Martin, can they can beat those out? Ashton Martin. Well, yeah, we, we've we've uh, Ian's. I'm going to retroactively change the decision for him. Sebastian Vettel would have finished that race top five, um, without without the bad pit stop. Top so, five. Old guys. Top five. Good old guys. Big weekend for old guys. Um, besides, Valtteri Bottas isn't quite that old. Um, so we're going to forget him. Um, wanker. You ready for my wanker? Wanker. I am so ready for your wanker. What? My wanker is wind. Um, because mm. I hate I hate when it, the course just gets windy for like no reason. It was all throughout. The central United States, it was windy in my undisclosed location yesterday, too. It was very frustrating, um, or excuse me, during the race. Yeah, it was um, windy everywhere but you from had Oklahoma City to Iowa City to pretty St. much Louis, from, Mex- Rock. from Mexico City to Winnipeg, it was windy mm. on Sunday. Um, but no, you had Bottas getting spun out because of wind. You had Alonzo getting his mirror ripped off. Um, I'm that sure was mostly being a, because of the crash, I think. But, but with the wind, though, well, we're going to blame, we blame this is, the This is the wanker wind section. We're going to blame the wind for this one. Um, and then just being a fan, like, I don't want to sit in the wind. Like, Come on, get out of here. So nice my Texas, wanker. Warm Texas day, though. Breezes. Yeah, like nice. this warm, warm Texas weather. Um, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to blame wind. Wind is my wanker of the week. I like it. I like it. I, I, I see no issues with that. I, I'm torn between two things this week. I have I have a, a legitimate wanker, and then I have another wanker that that I get is a, is a little more absurd. So I'm just gonna tell you both, and we can we can talk about whichever one you find more interesting. One is George Russell because this has happened <laughs> too many times, sir, and we need to no. I love it. it. It's happened no, too we don't. Many times. Number two is. I don't want to say Martin Brundle is the wanker, but the gridwalk is becoming <laughs> a bit of a wanker. I can't. Okay? I get secondhand embarrassment so bad that I can't watch the gridwalk. I can't. It's, I can't it, do it, it. It was, Ian, it was brutal. At one point, he sees Brad Pitt walking down the pit lane. And so, oh, oh, his Brad, his Brad. They start walking towards him, right? Mm-hmm. Brad is not paying attention to him whatsoever. There's Naturally, some, of course there's, not. there's some random guy, a few feet, a few people in front of random Brad. Random task. And, and, and in between, a random task. Yes, nice Austin <laughs> Bowers reference. Um, odd job. And he's, so he's <laughs> this man is, is standing between Brad Pitt and Martin Brundle, right? Just 
casually walking by. And Martin Brunel walks up to him excitedly because sometimes he does just walk up and talk to, you know, seemingly random people. Yeah. And this guy excitedly, like, like responds. Like, oh, 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 hi. <laughs> and Martin Brundle, without skipping a beat, with n- absolutely no remorse in his heart, just says, oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to the man behind you. And, and just walks right through him. But hearing those words of, I'm not trying to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to the man behind you. Just is that one of the most disrespectful him. things you can hear as a human being when you when you, you have to start s- acknowledging someone? If that guy would have swung on Brundle, I would have completely understood because Absolutely. that is one. It's it's right up there with like meeting somebody more than once, more than twice because I'm terrible with names. But if you meet somebody like three or four times and you introduce yourself to them every single time and you go, "Oh yeah, we've met," that's one of the most disrespectful things on the earth. So if someone says, "Oh, I'm not talking to you," a person behind you, dude, you no, you can your permission to swing sight, on, as the kids would say, right? Yeah, that's hands on side. Like, look, that's that's violence, and we don't support violence here at the Yang Shaft Pod. But if that guy would have thrown, I would have understood it. I absolutely would have understood it. It it was again. Especially on national TV, too. That poor dude's dude's 10 seconds of fame seen by millions of people. It was it was hard to watch. That was the hardest, the hardest watch to uh, hardest to watch moment of of that grid walk for me personally. Because, again, (laughs) this guy, I had no idea who he was. He's a rando. He's just walking by. But here's, he thinks here's, Martin Brennell's coming up to talk to him, and he's excited. And, like, if I was that guy, I would be excited. And then to not even be like, oh, I'm sorry. All, all I needed was a, oh, sorry, chap. I'm trying to talk dude, to Brad Pitt behind here's, you. No, here's I'm ex- not talking to you. That If that happened to me, if that had happened to me in the Alfa Romeo pit in front of Alexandro Daddario, I would have laid down on the track during the race. I, that would have been it. That would have been it. That would have that would have crushed me more than anything else. That is one of the most disrespectful things, and this is why I can't watch Martin Brundle's post or pre-interview races because they're too absurd, man. The the after the Pablo incident last year, the Megan the Stallion incident, the Pablo Bancaro is Patrick Mahomes incident. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, man. He he thought Pablo Bancaro was Patrick Mahomes (laughs) for a long time. And at least he was kind about that one, though. Oh, sorry, chap. I thought you were someone else. This guy just got brushed aside of wasn't talking to you, trying to talk to the guy behind you. <laughs> so did you see the drama between Will Buxton and Martin Brundle while we're up, while we're on? I did not, but you have if, not it's Will, okay. if, if it's Will Buxton, I think I'm going to take the side of Martin Brundle, even though after I just ripped Martin Brundle apart. So for I'm saying are, are you, you are pro Will Buxton because like I no. I love the no. guy, but I that man. No, I can't is, stand Will Buxton. His ego is oh, woof. Will woof. Will Buxton Will Buxton looks wakes up in the morning, shaves, and just goes, "That's right, I'm Will Buxton." No, he and doesn't. No, 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 no. You know what he does? He shaves the night before because he likes having that stubble. Ugh. To boost his ego on TV the next day. That's what Will Buxton does. I, I like him. He does a nerd. fine job, but uh, boy, he needs to tone down. So, so let me let me tell you this story because you have you haven't you're not aware of these tweets. No. Okay. So Martin Brundle was trying to talk to every celebrity on the grid as he as Martin Brundle does, not as, as one, one does. does as Mar- as one Martin Brundle does, and nobody else. Yes. Um. So. He tried to catch Brad Pitt, obviously. Um, hmm. University of Missouri attended. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, I don't really uh, agree. 
almost grad Brad, I believe is what they call him. Uh, he does not have a degree. So Martin Brundle right, tries to talk to Brad honorary. Pitt, and Brad Pitt's entourage is not having it. But Brad plays along. And so so Martin yells to him, like, anything you can tell us about your new F1 movie? Because Brad Pitt is starring in a Formula One movie coming out in the next two years. And he turns around and says, not yet, but I'm excited. Happy to be here. He's like, oh, who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? He's like, uh, I'm just rooting for, you know, here to have a good time, you know, whatever. And then just keeps walking. And that was it. Well, fast forward. This is 2 a.m. Eastern Central Time. Or Eastern, oh boy. Sta- not Eastern Central Time. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the day after the race. Will Buxton tweets. Another U.S. Grand Prix. Another reminder that all grid, that all grid accredited media are given a list at every race of which media invitee slash celebrity is and is not approachable for interview. Pitt hasn't been any uh, on any of those the days he was present. Okay. Of course, Will Buxton. Let's would say fast that. forward fourteen hours. What a hours. loser! Martin what a Brundle. Loser. Martin Brundle quote tweets it. That's simply untrue, Will. Don't make things up to suit your narrative. Yeah. This team Brun- fighting amongst the absolute media. Absolutely, Team Brundle on this one. That's yeah. that's that's lame. That's so that's so lame. Even if Buxton was being truthful in what he said, even even, and I think it might fall in one of those gray areas I just, where he I thought just it really, was true, but it's not. But I just really hate people. Sorry, I'm cutting you off no, here. And this, I'm gonna we're gonna go off on another tangent. This is a hot but segment. I just really hate people, especially these large media members that are just mouthpieces for their league. And I and Will Buxton absolutely is that with F1. And it's the same Adam Schefter thing. Because I can't stand Adam Schefter. It's, he's and not as bad as Schefter. Schefter but. is I think he's I think he's either going to be or he's he is on the track to be just as bad as Schefter is to where you are sent emails and you just copy and paste emails in your tweet. And that infuriates me. And I think Will Buxton is just a he's just like He's just a kiss ass, and that's what I really don't like will, against. Will get, like will Bob regurgitate Buxton. like when 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 the fans are mad about something, he will mention it on his F1 TV segments. He doesn't spend a lot of time on it because you know his bosses yeah. and such. But he will mention it. Adam Schefter like will not mention it unless they bring him Fair. on, and the league tells him, "Hey, you're going to go on and talk about this issue, and you're going to present our side of it." Essentially, yeah. So Will yeah. Buxton is not on that level for me. But okay. he, it really is just like, yo, even if you were right, pick your battles, man. Put it in the drafts and, and wait until tomorrow. Like, it's just not necessary to, no. to, to, to drop this out there. And to the point where Brundle's having to reply and be like, that's not true, Will. Stop making things up to suit your narrative. To get what called narrative? out like that? And then what's the narrative? The narrative like, that Martin Brundle, I guess, is harassing celebrities who are on a do not call list metaphorically. Like, no, because I think every rational person that's watching that grid walk thinks, uh, yeah, if you're a celebrity and you want to walk the grid 15 minutes before the race starts, just be willing to give Martin Brundle 30 seconds. We're not asking that much. They have five bodyguards with them, like, you know, Megan the Stallion and Brad Pitt. Like, just if you're going to walk the grid there, just know that you might be approached by Martin Brundle and you, and you have to acknowledge him in some way. You don't have to you don't have, to have a conversation. You just 
you can brush them up, but just, but, but, yeah, no, I'm excited. Hey, I'm, yeah, yeah, go McLaren. Yeah, I like Lando. I watch him on Twitch. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But just, go, you're signed go, up. Joe Ben Hey, you're going to get on international television for this. Just give, give him 20 seconds. What else do you have to do besides get to your hospitality suite to make your appearances? It's not a big deal to give him 30 seconds. My personal favorite interview, Trey Cool. Familiar yeah. with Trey Cool? Drummer for Green Day. Thank you. That's exactly what his uh, lower third said on his uh, on the super on the screens. Trey Cool, drummer from Green Day, because they were playing. It was Ed Sheeran, Green Day, and Interpol uh, were the, yeah, the headliners at, at, at the concert. They just threw some they threw some musical numbers at a dartboard and just said, "Here we go." Uh, yeah, no, just any any genre does, doesn't really matter. But uh, uh, Trey Cool and Billy Joe Armstrong. What's his name? Um, uh, uh, Martin Brundle. That's his name. Walks up to him and, and well, oh my gosh, I'm trying. I, I want to make sure I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't screw this up. Oh, I can't remember the first pun he made. He made two Green Day puns immediately when he walked up to him. Of said, course. Something, he did. something. Oh, oh, welcome to welcome to paradise, Trey. Got and then genius. immediately said, "But it might be your Boulevard of Broken Dreams if you're rooting for Aston Martin today, you know, because because he had said he's rooting for Aston Martin because they they're green." And boy, I don't know if he wrote those himself. I don't know if Martin Brundle is a Green Day fan, or if there's just an intern who's a Green Day fan. But uh, but that was my. My personal favorite moment was the Trey Cool interview, and then my least favorite moment was all of the the Brad Pitt and the, I'm talk, trying to talk to the guy behind you. Um, it was great. I love when he runs into an F1 like an F1 legend who knows him very well and is willing to chat with him for a couple minutes, and and they just get to get to riff there, and, and my heart can rest uh, just just for a little a little bit of time. Um, but we had to spend some time on on that whole debacle. So, of course, the the United States Grand Prix gridwalk, I guess, is officially my wanker based on how much we. I forgot we were even doing the Rockstar Wanker <laughs> segment. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It all comes on. back, baby. Ready to final. Ready oh, to yeah, move on. absolutely. Okay, ready okay. to move on. So the next race this weekend, this upcoming weekend is the Mexican Grand Prix. We're not getting there just yet, though. Ian. We're not getting there just yet. I've got I've got something else I want to talk about. Let's, I don't know let's, if you have something else. Let's hear it. That other thing is a man who's a man born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida by yes. the name of Logan Sargent. USA, baby. We're coming USA. to Williams. Flor- not, just, not just an American, a Florida man. A Florida man. A Florida man himself going to be making headlines for the right reasons for once. A Florida man making good headlines. What Immediate, immediate thoughts on the announcement to just – for everyone who's not familiar, Williams announced that assuming that Logan Sargent can get the required number of super license points to race in F1, he will be driving alongside Alex Albon next year when Nicholas Latifi goes and does whatever it is that Nicholas Latifi is going to do. He's a billionaire. He's going to travel the world. Um, no, I'm very excited. I want an American driver back bad. Um, definitely give me somebody to Cole clear. Cole did not have super license points. So. I I was never on the Hurton train. I was I was always was more of a sergeant guy. Me um, too. But Hurt's hair I don't, is so good. That I don't know much about him, but like I don't know, kind of a Hurt guy um, or um, sergeant guy. Um, I just I really want an American driver back, and I think it would give a lot of American people somebody to root for week to week. Because I'm sure it's like a, a, something with Formula One where it's like, okay, I like you know, Mercedes for Lewis Hamilton. And then, oh, you know, Hamilton goes to whatever team or these, it's like, okay, now who do I root for kind of deal. Um, so giving an American driver is like, oh, great. I'm going to root for Logan Sargent and wherever he's at when he's in Formula it, One. It's, so it's similar it makes to soccer it, in that, like, I hate Chelsea, but I root for 
Christian Pulisic because he's at Chelsea. I loved Dortmund when Christian Pulisic was at Dortmund. It's it feels similar to that where like yeah, I'm gonna root for the guy. And I think it's just another way to get people tuned in where it's like, oh, well, why we want to go see our boy? I'm concerned that he's gonna be in Williams. That's um, my biggest point because homeboy is gonna be fighting for probably. 15th every well, like, week forget that he's fighting for 15th i think the main concern is that no one's gonna see it yeah the broadcast will not be they're not gonna show him. logan Sargent. they are not going to show him but i think maybe with... it's a way to get americans to sign up for f1 tv and just watch his onboard i don't know no i mean that's what i i i mean i really think it's part of the reason that um joe deservingly got his um got his seat to it uh Alfa Romeo because he's somebody who brings a Chinese audience and Logan Sargent can bring in America. Checo started and Checo's exactly. No. And I, and I think that's, and I think that's great where we get these guys from countries where we don't, it's like, okay, we got four British drivers. We got a bunch of German drivers. Like let's, let's branch out a little bit, you know, like let's get guys from German drivers. Yeah. It seems like more, Um, but, but you get guys from, you know, like let's get some Brazilian drivers back, you know, let's get, Mexico, United States, Canada. Um, goodbye, Latifi, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Out with um, Canada, in yeah. with America. <laughs> goodbye, I mean, America's hat. There's, I, I, I really do. Th- I think the more driver, the more international you can make Formula One, the better for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want to come across as I'm, I care more about, um, you know, national development like nationality diversity in the sport as I do about the most talented drivers getting their shot. Oh no. I mean, I, what you're saying is that you have to have the talent with it where you don't yeah. just put somebody in there because they're from, you know, the United States or wherever um, they have to be deserving for it as well. But, but certainly, I mean like they're, they're yeah, obviously more deserving. And Nicholas Latifi has proven that somebody else deserves a shot, even if they are not, you know, don't quite have the record to back it up yet. Like, yeah, absolutely. That spot is open to someone else. And Logan Sargent has proven that he is deserves to be, because basically what it comes down to in formula one is, have you proven yourself worthy of being on the list of the guys that are being considered for these open spots? And then the tiebreakers often become, Oh, what country are you from? What markets do you bring to? You know, there's a, we've seen it, yeah. you know, for decades, like in, in Formula One, a lot of decades of money yeah. being very important. But this there's is a lot of just a pay driver. One. Like it's it's he you got you got you got to earn your way into consideration. And then if you know you happen to be American, that helps you out. Then okay. But I, I think Logan Sargent did a good job putting himself in, you know, in into consideration for that spot. And I'm glad that. He got to drive out there in FP1 for Williams, and then I'm glad that Williams announced it that weekend. It was the perfect time to do it, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we get to see a little bit of him in action. Hopefully the Williams is a little bit more competitive next year. Yeah, and I think we we'll get we'll, we can definitely get into a you know what is a successful season look look like for him next season once everything is save confirmed. Day, yeah. But we're gonna save that for another day. Well, because there's the next thing I wanted to get to about this. I had a, a quite a lot to talk about with Logan Sargent, you know, relatively speaking. He's he's confirmed as their number two driver if he gets a super license points. So he's somewhere in the 20s. You need 40 super license points, I believe. So he's somewhere in the 20s right now after uh, getting to drive for FP1 um, in uh, for, for Williams at the United States Grand Prix. Also, want to shout out Danny O'Dwyer, who referred to uh, FP1 this weekend as uh, bring your rookie to work day. Because that is exactly what it was. 
It was, we had Schwartzman driving a Ferrari. We had all, all these young guys. And then we got Antonio Giovinazzi crashing, um, crashing hey. out of one. It was, it was, it was delightful seeing Italian Jesus spin out. I have no idea what good happened to hear, there. Good to hear he's, you know, back yeah, driving. Just still, still doing something. So bring your rookie to work day. He got to drive. They have announced that he will also be driving an FP1 in Mexico and in Abu Dhabi. So that will put him at 30 super license points. He needs 40. Those 10 remaining super license points can be gained as long as he finishes sixth or better in the final standings for F the F2 championship this year. He currently sits in third, but he's only got a 12-point cushion. So it is far from a done deal. And here's the really concerning part. He has Let's retired from five of his last nine races. Well, I'm sure if he gets into Formula 1, that will definitely all go away and will obviously not continue or be a factor to worry about in the future. But so, those were not all his fault, okay? Let's like, look at again. Five out of let's nine just, retirements. We don't need to get into Logan Sargent. Races, feature races, et cetera. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about Sargent. Um, I just wanted everyone just, to know the deal. I just yeah, wanted to it's, explain it's, that where we stand right now, he's not in. There's some work to be done. Okay. Yes. I wanna, I, I there is work sure. to be done. Yes. We will revisit at a later date, hopefully soon. Salute the sergeant, Florida man. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got to see him. Uh, got to see him when we were in Spa. Actually, um, gave him give him a nice little cheer on because the F2 boys were out there. All right. Moving on from Logan Sergeant, uh, we're uh, moving moving down south, just a little bit from Fort Lauderdale and a little bit west over to Mexico. To the Formula One Grand Premio de la Ciudad de Mexico, the Mexican City Grand Prix 2022, at the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, which uh, has been the host for basically like 40 years, I guess. Um, those uh, Hermanos brothers, for those of you that didn't take Spanish, uh, the brothers Rodriguez, uh, Ricardo and Pedro um, Rodriguez, um, that the circuit was named after. We're going back. They, uh, the, the race went away for a good 20 years, came back in 2015, um, and we are returning again here in this solid North American swing. Thoughts on thoughts on this this race? I I really like I really like the track. I like the elevations. Yeah. Kind of an issue. I know the the elevation is fun for me. I like the anytime you throw a weird variable in there, it makes it makes it more fun. Um, cars, so, you know, there's no so way to I, test it. Like, so I like the fact that they're uh, they're racing really high above sea level in the. Uh, I believe Mexico City is what the Mile High City is what they call it. Something oh, like that. yeah, something like that. Honestly, it, it it's yeah, it's just as high as Denver, right? I don't know. I think it's, it's higher. It, it sounds right. I think maybe it is higher because I know it's a big issue with like soccer matches when they're like trying to uh, trying to get their conditioning right. You know, when we got to go play at the uh, Stadio Azteca um, down there, so it's it's at least as high as Denver. That's, that's, uh, that's what we're so saying on the Yankees. Denver pod. is. Denver is 5,279 feet or 5, a mile. So, so just over Mexico mile. City is 7,349. So Mexico or, City is... Uh, 2,240 meters for, for those of us in the rest of the world. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah, Mexico City is 2,240 meters. So it's like it a solid about... 30% higher you know, above sea level than, than Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, we all learned something today. I'm probably not a lot of the people listening that already knew that and think that we are um, idiots. idiots. But yep. Yep, yep, there it's we okay. go. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Um, at least we're we're right about that. So here's a fun one, Ian. 
You ready to do last five winners of Mexican Grand Prix? Let's do it. All right. Um, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton have won every race that's been held since uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. That's the easy one. Also, yes. shout out Checo for uh, his podium last year with his dad Ooh, drunk yes, on dad the track. Checo. All that of that. Awesome. It was, it, it was incredible. Thought he might have a chance to win. Wasn't able to quite pull it off. But uh, shout out Checo. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere now that he's, again, once again, back in Mexico as a, you know, on a com- competitive team on a, in a car that can win the, the race. Uh, you know, I could Red Bull just maybe maybe screw over Max just once? It's already locked up. Can we maybe no. just make it, no, make it, make it look clean? Yeah, I know he is, but can you know, make it look clean? He's already locked it up. It doesn't matter how many points he scores as long as you win the title, Max. Just let him, let him have this. So, again, okay, so the race did not exist from 1993 through 2014. So 21 years. It was it was off the calendar, actually. Um, from 2016 to 2021, it's been Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen winning every single race. So 2015 is the only race, uh, you know, people, prior to, to 1993 um, that happened that did not have a that was not won by Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen who's your guess on who won that one in 2015 um, it's one of the easy ones Vettel no sir good guess Ooh, okay who's who was, the second who... most obvious choice to win a race in 2015 besides Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen and Sebastian Vettel um nico rosberg yes i was about to say why what is with the nico <laughs> rosberg everyone people forget people love to forget people nico for, rosberg. people forget that nico rosberg won a world championship driving the same car as lewis hamilton and beat lewis hamilton people and then just dipped out so who's to say that he wouldn't have won the next five too exactly you know? I, I don't people know forget I, that I, don't, I won't say nico rosberg so, tries to not let people forget that but he people forget that pe- people do forget and so those are the last those are the last three winners so that takes care of everything from 2015 until 2021. Okay. So the last two drivers to win at the Mexican Grand Prix oh were 1992 and 1991. Uh, PK. No. Okay. But, but um, you're, you're on, I mean, you're on the right track in terms of like the era. Uh, Just name dudes from 1993. Oh, that's. All right, all right, all right. Hint, hint for 1992. Yeah, give me a hint. A Brit. He's a Brit. Yeah, I don't know. Eliza Thornbury's dad. Oh, yes. Um, what's his last name? Obviously, his first name's Nigel. Nigel Mansell. Nigel Mansell. Okay. Nigel Mansell. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten that one, unfortunately. Um, you know what? I hate to do this. Uh, I hate to do this. 1991, so the fifth most recent driver was Ricardo Patrese. Respect. 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 <laughs> but... The two years before that, 1990 was Elaine Prost, and 1989 was Ayrton Senna. So I, I was going to say, I, really I feel like if we're to those names, like, I was going to say, yeah, I was, we're, is we're, the, you know, there's, I feel like Senna's definitely won at this uh, this track before. Yep, eight, 89, and then Prost in 90, and Mansell in 92, all at the former version of the uh, uh, Autodromo de uh, Hermanos Rodriguez, Los Poyos Hermanos. They're they're all killing it, um, but man, I, I love when I love when I scroll through and, and I see you know Prost and Mansell and uh, and and Senna on these. That's that's what what really uh, wets my whistle, gets gets me up in the morning to do these podcasts. But that's that's all I got for the for the Mexican Grand Prix. It should be should be a good one. Um, a quick little update: Mercedes fifty three points behind Ferrari. Um, I believe we have three.
three, maybe four races left in the season. So it's looking unlikely that they're go, uh, going to be able to catch them. Alpine holding a six-point lead over McLaren for uh, for that fourth spot. Alpha, one-point lead over Aston Martin for sixth place. And Haas, a two-point lead over Alpha Tauri for eighth. So there are – because those spots are worth a lot of money. And it is – and we are talking a couple of places, depending on where you finish, that these battles are going on. No, the fact that Haas is ahead of Tari is just crazy. Sad for Tari. That's craziness. There's, there is, I, I get that. Um, you know, I fully understand that Tari is a is a junior team, but that is absolutely ridiculous. That Haas is ahead of them. They, that's 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 major problems for Tari. That's concern. Yeah, that's caused a concern. They might have been forward. tied going into this week, but Magnussen finished one spot ahead of uh, of Yuki um, to to give him a quick lead. So yeah. Eighth and ninth separated by two points. Sixth and seventh separated by one point. Fourth and fifth separated by six points. And then second and third separated by 53. But, I mean, with the with the Constructors' Championship... Oh, uh, yes, I guess, by the way, um, congratulations to Red Bull for locking up the uh, Constructors' Championship as well as the Drivers' Championship. Uh, we never mentioned that. It was a foregone conclusion wasn't really too interested with it oh dang oh whoops congratulations yeah yes. so i'm i'm blown that we we forgot to talk about that but uh everywhere else down the field pretty much is uh there there is an, an interesting battle to watch which i mean you know there's a clear clear separation from the midfield best of the rest and and, and the top guys but the fact that there is a again battle for fourth and fifth sixth and seventh eighth and ninth and then williams also um, intent they're not battling anyone um but but they they are there um so that's that's pretty much as, as good as we can ask for coming in with the last uh, last four races of the year hopefully it's a good week in mexico usually is yeah let's hope all right catch you guys uh next week after the formula one grand premio de la ciudad de mexico 2022